Good morning, church. It's so great to be with you again. Thank you for joining us online. It's a real privilege to be able to speak to you again this morning. We're in the second part of our Christmas message series, The Thrill of Hope, where we're looking at different characters in the Christmas narrative and looking at how they found hope. Despite the situations, despite the questions, despite everything they faced, they found hope through the birth of Jesus. Uh, we're going to look at a passage in, in Luke's Gospel today. In Luke chapter 1 and chapter 2, uh, we get the, the narrative of Jesus' birth. It's actually one of two different narratives we get of the birth of Jesus. One is in Matthew, one is in Luke. Matthew focuses more on Joseph's side of the family, Joseph's side of the story, but Luke focuses on Mary's side, on, on Mary's side of the story. That's why we have the story of Zechariah and Elizabeth. They are Mary's cousins, and then we follow on with the story of Mary. And I want to read from Luke chapter 1 this morning. If you've got a Bible, uh, feel free to grab it. If you've got uh, access to a Bible on a mobile device or a tablet, again, feel free to fire that up. But the words will come up on the screen as we read. We're going to read from Luke chapter 1. And verse 26. And it says this In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favoured woman, the Lord is with you. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favour with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be very great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David, and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. Mary asked the angel, but how can this happen? I am a virgin. The angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby to be born will be holy and he will be called the Son of God. What's more, your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant in her old age. People used to say she was barren, but she's now in her sixth month. Nothing is impossible with God. Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you've said about me come true. I want to speak for a few moments this morning on interruptions. Who hates being interrupted? I hate being interrupted. It's one of my kind of pet hates is being interrupted. And I want to speak for a few moments on interruptions. And one of the things I've learned as a parent over the last five years is interruptions are a part of life. And there's this weird thing that goes on, there's this peculiar phenomenon that happens that every now and again when I've got a day off, or as parents you might understand this, that you get a day off every now and again, and it's a day when there's nothing pressing, there's nothing particularly you have to do, there's nothing that needs doing in that moment. You can just have a day to chill. And what you find is your children are very, very happy. They're quite happy playing on their own. They're quite happy uh, sorting themselves out. And it gets to a point where you, you're kind of looking for something to do. So you think, well, I'll go, I'll go and play with the children. But they don't need you because they're quite happy. And they actually say, Dad, just don't give, give me some space. But then on the day you're busy, when and we're all working at home at the moment during this during this kind of pandemic season and there's that email you have to send or that phone conversation you have to have or that bit of work you need to finish and suddenly 
Daddy, 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 Daddy. It's a national emergency. Everything's got to stop because they need your instant, immediate, full attention. Interruptions. You know, I'm, I'm sure it's what children just know what to do. I'm actually convinced it's what kids stands for. Keep interrupting Dad. Because that's what children and kids know what to do. And I'm sure you know what I'm talking about. What about the days when, you know, you're going to work and it's that one day you've got up early, the sun is shining, everything's gone brilliantly and you're driving into work and there's green lights all the way, no traffic problems, you get into work and actually you're in work early so you're there and you're a little bit like, what am I going to do, I'm just a bit early for work, I've got to wait in the car, I've just got to sit here and wait for something to happen. But then there's those days when you're late. And you're running late and you have to be in work for that meeting or you have to be in work on time and suddenly the car won't start or, or there's red lights all the way or there's a traffic jam on the M4 or you finally get into the, the road your work is on and there's a, there's a line of protected swans walking across the road and you get to the office and you can't find your key and then you find your key and you get into the office and the internet's down. Interruptions. No one likes interruptions you know what about those times when you're telling a story and it's your story it's your narrative this is from your point of view you are telling your story and someone else interrupts and you kind of want to say well sorry did, did the did the end of my story interrupt the beginning of yours interruptions we we hate them we don't like being interrupted nobody likes it when our plans get delayed. Nobody likes it when our, our plans get derailed. And can I say from a spiritual perspective, none of us like it when God derails our plans. None of us like it when God puts a detour in our plans. Do you know the only difference, I've discovered this, between a government mandated lockdown and a decision to have a day off is control. Who's in control of my time because if I'm going to stay at home I want to choose when that is I want to decide the time I want to work out when there's going to be if there's going to be a national pandemic please tell me when it's going to be so I can plan because I don't want it to interrupt me but interruptions are a part of life and I want to suggest that on a spiritual level, God will often use interruptions to push us into something new. God will use an interruption to actually, when we look through the Bible, to push people into their purpose, to push people into a new direction, into a new calling. God will use an interruption to bring about his intentions. And when you look through the Bible, actually it's a story of interruptions. Abraham, he's a farmer, he's got land, he's got cattle, he's got servants. God interrupts him and says, okay, you need to move. Uh, Joseph is a son, quite happy, uh, serving his dad. God interrupts him, sends him to Egypt because he's got a new purpose for him. Moses, who is a, a shepherd, he's leading sheep and his life is interrupted by God. And God says, okay, stop leading sheep Go and lead my people out of Egypt. Gideon, he's hiding, he's gathering grain and God says, God interrupts his gathering grain and says, okay, you need to go and gather an army because I've got something greater for you. 
David, who is living the life of a lowest son of a shepherd boy, he's interrupted by God and he becomes the greatest king we've ever had. When Jesus was born, he interrupted time itself. We have BC and AD because when Jesus was born, he interrupted time. So when God interrupts someone's life, he brings a change of direction. He brings a change of course. He brings a change of purpose. And I would say that interruptions are probably God's primary way of getting our attention. When you look back at the story of Mary, she's probably 13 or 14 years old. She's, she's a working class girl. We know that she wasn't well off, but she has a plan for her life. She has a future. We know she's engaged. She is betrothed. And, and in those days, the engagement was legally binding. From the, the day of the engagement to the wedding, you had about a year to make all the preparations, but that was legally binding. Essentially, you were married from that moment you just didn't have the wedding and the consummation until the year later and suddenly in the middle of her betrothal period she is interrupted her life is interrupted by an angel and the angel tells her mary you're going to have a baby and not just any baby this baby is going to be the son of god and suddenly Mary goes from being planned and secure in her future. And the Bible tells us these are the words, she was confused and disturbed. Who's been confused and disturbed this year? Who began 2020 with hopes and ideas and dreams of what the year would be like, but then an interruption came in the middle of March. This interruption came and it left us confused and disturbed. Can I suggest that every time God gets someone's attention through an interruption, it usually leaves them confused and disturbed. It leaves them asking questions. Questions sometimes about themselves, questions about God. And in this year, people have had their lives interrupted and it's caused them to ask questions. And some people have been questioning God and they're saying, you know, if God cared, he wouldn't have sent this virus. If God cared, he would have stopped this all before it happened. If God cared, there wouldn't be so many sick people. And I want to be clear, I don't think God caused the COVID pandemic. I don't think God caused the COVID pandemic. But what I do believe is he is using the interruption as a way of getting our attention. He's using the interruption as a way of bringing us closer to him. But a lot of people don't see it that way. And, and the fact is, it's usually when things are out of our control, when we can't kind of see what's happening, we, we don't get it, we are confused and disturbed, that we start to question God's care. If God is so good, why has this happened? Can I ask you, please don't confuse your lack of control with a lack of God's care. Just because we can't control it, it doesn't mean God doesn't care. You know, Mary was confused. She was disturbed. She had her own plan, but that's not going to happen now. 
Now she's on a different course altogether. And so she asks the angel a question. Now, now notice she doesn't question why it's happening. She doesn't ask, why is this happening to her? She, she just asks, you know, how can this happen? How can this happen? I'm a virgin. Now, she doesn't ask God for a detailed plan. She doesn't ask what is going to happen or when it's going to happen or what she has to do to make it happen. She doesn't even ask about Joseph. She doesn't mention Joseph, but she also doesn't doubt it can happen. She doesn't say, well, this can't happen or that's impossible. She just says, how? Because she sees in the natural, there's a, there's a practical problem. And, and, and we do this all the time where we see a physical, natural issue. And for a brief moment, we forget that God isn't bound by our, our world. He's not bound by our physical laws. God isn't bound by biology or chemistry or physics or time or space. God is God. He sits above all of that. And, and whatever, whatever natural thing we place in front of him, God can defy it. All through the Bible, God defied every natural law that we've created. He walked on water. He raised the dead. He healed the sick. He caused storms to stop in an instant. He turned a fish sandwich into a feast. Whatever we thought was impossible in the Bible, God did it because he's above our natural laws, our natural way of thinking. And actually, in fact, the angel says to Mary, but with God, all things are possible. Some of your translations might say nothing is impossible for God. Can I encourage you this morning not to limit God to the natural, not to limit God to our physical world. And it's okay to have natural questions but but we have to know that the answer to our natural questions is in the supernatural power of God and I wonder sometimes if God interrupts us because he wants us to bring those questions he wants us to bring those questions to him because he wants to bring hope through those questions can I tell you there is hope in the interruption the angel goes on to explain that the child about to start growing inside Mary will be God's son. It will be conceived by the Holy Spirit. There's a supernatural answer to a natural question. And then Mary says this, and it's an incredible line, despite her confusion, despite her questions, despite maybe her worries, she says some of the most profound words in the Bible. I am the Lord's servant. May everything you've said about me come true. I'm the Lord's servant. Yes, I had plans. Yes, I had hopes. I had dreams. I thought I had my life mapped out. But what I'm not going to do, I'm not going to question God's care. I'm not going to question God's control. I'm going to give up my control, give up my plans. And I'm going to let go. I'm going to let it happen. You know, the Beatles used to sing a song that had these words, when I find myself in times of trouble, Mother Mary comes to me, speaking words of wisdom, let it be. Later on they sing, there will be an answer, let it be. 
There's a passage in the book of Jeremiah where God says to the Jewish nation, I'm going to interrupt you. I'm going to interrupt your life. I'm going to take you away from here, away from your homes, and I'm going to place you somewhere else. I'm going to put you somewhere else you don't want to be. But this is what I want you to do. And I'm paraphrasing this. It's in Jeremiah 29. But this is what God says to them. Let it be. Let it be. Get on with it. God goes on to say, I know the plans I have for you. They're plans for good to give you a future and a hope. If you pray, I will listen. If you look for me, you will find me. I'm going to interrupt you, but let it be. Let go. You know, there's a phrase that's used uh, in Christian circles. that It says this, let go and let God. You know, let go of, of our agenda, let go of our plan, let go of what, what we want to do and let God do what he wants to do and say, okay, God, I'm your servant, let it be. You know, why did God interrupt Abraham's life? Because God had a plan. Why did God interrupt Joseph and Moses and Gideon and David's life? Because he had a plan. It was a plan for good. It was a plan to give them a future and a hope. And I wonder today if God is saying to us, I interrupted you because I have a plan. And it's a plan for good. It's a plan to give you a future and a hope. It's a plan that is better than the plan you think you have. It is a plan that, that you couldn't fulfill on your own. It's a plan that if I hadn't interrupted you, you'd never have seen it. And I wonder if that's what God is saying. I've interrupted you now because I have a plan. And it's a plan for good. A plan to give you a future and a hope. And all God would want us to say is, okay, God, I'm your servant. Let it be. A little later, Mary sings a song, and one of the lines in the song says this, he took notice of his lowly servant girl. And I want you to catch this. Mary says, God has noticed me. God has noticed me. Why did God interrupt my life? Why did God interrupt me? Because he noticed. Can I tell you that I'm convinced if God has interrupted you, it's because he's noticed you. If God has interrupted you, it's because he's heard your prayers. He's seen your tears and he's interrupted you because he has something better for you. He's noticed you. And notice this, that there's hope in the interruption because Mary says this, I was lowly. He took notice of his lowly servant girl. But then she says this, from now on, all generations will call me blessed. I was lowly, but now God has interrupted my life. I will be blessed. Why is she blessed? Well, Elizabeth tells her in verse 45, she meets her cousin Elizabeth and Elizabeth says this, you are blessed because you believed the Lord would do what he said. See, we can know God has noticed us. We can accept that he has interrupted us. We could even understand that there is hope in the interruption. But what marked Mary out as different is that she believed God would do what he 
set. You know, when God interrupts us, it's because he wants to do something new in our lives. But we have to believe God will do it. We have to believe God can do it. And and we have to step into that. You know, God will never, ever enforce his will on anyone. There is always free choice. There is always free will. But if we want to step into the plans of God, if we want to fully let go, we have to say, okay, God, I believe. I believe you will do what you said you will do. And and this morning, I wonder if God has allowed these interruptions in your life because he wants to bring something new, that maybe you'll find hope in the interruption. And maybe you're watching this this morning and you want to come back to God or or even come to God for the first time, that you've, you've tried your own plans, you've tried to do it your way and it hasn't worked out how you hoped. And and you've got to that point where you're intrigued enough by the interruption to want to know more, to want to discover what it's all about and and how that interruption can bring hope. You know, the child that Mary would carry grew up to be Jesus. And, And the coming of Jesus actually was foretold hundreds of years before he was born. One prophet called Isaiah, he's writing about 700 years before Jesus is born and he says this, the people who walk in darkness will see a great light. To those who live in a land of deep darkness, a light will shine. For a child is born to us, a son is given to us, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And you know those words bring hope. If you're feeling in a dark place this morning, there is hope because there is a light that burns in the darkness. If you're feeling low or you're grieving or you're mourning, there is a wonderful counsellor. If you need a miracle, there is a mighty God. If you're without a father in your life or you need guidance or you just need the love of a father, there is an everlasting father, a father who won't run out on you. If you're anxious or you're stressed, there is a prince of peace. Jesus said himself, come all who are weak, weary and carry heavy burdens and I will give you rest. Can I close with a proposition? Could it be that God has allowed this interruption in your life because he wants to do something new? That he's allowed this interruption because he's noticed you? That he's allowed this interruption in your life because he wants to get your attention? Could it be that God has heard your prayers? And he wants to bring you hope, hope through the interruption. And that hope comes from the very first gift given at Christmas, which is Jesus. And I'd love to invite you to receive that hope this morning. It's a simple prayer that just says, okay, God, I believe. Take me forward into your plans and into your purposes. Bring me hope through the interruption. So I'd love to invite you to pray this short prayer with me. Jesus, I believe you are the Son of God. I believe you came from heaven 
to, to die for my sins, to die for the things that I've done or thought wrong. I, I believe you, you came from heaven to bring me forgiveness, to make me whole again, to bring me hope. I accept your salvation. I receive the gift of your Holy Spirit to live inside me, to guide me every day. Thank you, Jesus, for bringing me hope. Amen.